think it looks really good. I think it looks good, too. Wow, we're in agreement here. <laughs> I disagree. I... <laughs> <laughs> we're... we're... We got some feedback that we should be disagreeing more. Um, <laughs> but I, uh, I disagree with that. So. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to Nail Social Office Hours, episode ZX4321. Not using numbers anymore, trying out some feedback. I am Jess Bachman, digital strategy director here at Nail Communications and lead scientist junior at Nail Social. I uh, am talking over you. <laughs> I am Rachel Jackson. I am the social analytics manager at Nail Communications, and I am lead scientist at Nail Social. Welcome to the cast, yeah. and welcome a very special guest. Here in the room, we have Alec Beckett, a creative partner at Nail. The, Hi there, guys. The episode is packed, and the studio is packed. We have limited amounts of oxygen going on. We're going to so pass out. We're going to use it as best we possibly can. Um, TBD to the after show, which you never know what could happen. A quick rundown of segments. First, we are going to talk Alex's engagement question, which he asked on Twitter um, a few days ago. And we thought, you know what? Who better to actually discuss this than Alec himself? Um, then in This Week in Organic, we're going to talk a little bit about Horizon. This week in paid, Reddit has added some new ad units. Um, and then we have another segment called community management versus community creation. And we'll talk about what that means. And then in a final segment, we're going to go a little behind the scenes of the making of our cast. So stick around um, and we'll, we'll start with Alex's engagement question. Yeah, do it. Oh, stop going, going south. Cause they'll let you play music real damn loud. Ah, such a good song. So that was not a TikTok. Decided to mix it up a little bit, but it does have some internet um, relations. That was a song uh, by Zach Bryan called Going South. And I wanted to put that on because I, I saw it on Reddit um, a few weeks ago. This, this kid, this guy, Zach Ryan. Kid? <laughs> he, he looks young. He is a kid? No, he's not. He's, oh. he's, an, he's an adult. Okay. <laughs> So this adult, Zach Bryan, um, I saw him on Reddit. It was just like this. He was just playing on the back of a pickup truck, just playing this song. And that... Of course it was a pickup <clears throat> truck. Yeah, he's, a, he's from Tulsa. He's like a... I think he's also a veteran as well, Marines. But that I, plays well. I just love that, um, you know, he's, he's got a channel. He's been doing this for years. He's been making music. Not much has been going on on that channel. And then I saw it on Reddit, and it kind of blew up. And that song has like half a million views now. Um, and it's getting a lot of attention. So I just love that Reddit is a platform where things can blow up for sure um, as well. So I just wanted to get that in there. Ace. <laughs> so this, is the, this segment is a very special segment of Explain That Tweet where we bring people off the street to, into <laughs> the studio. you with a tweet. <laughs> to, to explain what the hell they were thinking. <laughs> um, so we have a tweet from... Nail Communications, and I'll read it, and then we have the author to explain what's going on. The tweet says, great podcast from Nail Social this week, but I think you guys should do a segment on the ultimate futility of engagement numbers, because at the end of the day, isn't it just a robot trying to understand love? What is going on <laughs> with that? The... Um well, it's it, it's interesting because I'm a I'm a creative director, so I spend my life trying to create messaging that makes people feel things. Mm -hmm. And now we're in this world 
where we put our content onto these platforms um, and we are given metrics back yeah. that are in a sense attempting to tell us what people feel. Right. Um, but I can't help but think how incredibly heavy-handed they are as actual demonstrations of what people feel. We are so we are such a nuanced species. Right. We, we when I sit in a room with you guys mm-hmm. and we or we can communicate like there's so much happening. There's facial expressions mm-hmm. and tone of voice and hell there's pheromones yeah. of which this yeah. room is full. <laughs> as the air gets thicker. So there's a part of me that has wondered with Facebook desperately wants or Instagram all these platforms desperately want us to be happy on mm-hmm. their platform. That's the whole point because the more happier we are, the longer we stay. And so they're trying to find these signals that demonstrate our pleasure with the content they're seeing mm-hmm. or our displeasure so they can punish it accordingly. Yeah. Um, and they have all these clever, you know, they've got the blunt thumbs up, mm-hmm. but then they've got subtle stuff like watch time and yeah. um, they're all, but they're all so outside looking in. They're trying to like read our souls yeah. through our sort of online behavior. Well, maybe this is like a version one of that feedback loop. Because what was it before these platforms? You make a TV commercial and you, and you what? You watch a, a focus group of other people watching it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. Because this is better than that in the sense that it's, it's a reflection of reality. Because I've always hated traditional testing of content because mm-hmm. it's so artificial. Right. It's like... Here's a thing we're going to show you, and you're going to tell us what you think <laughs> it, about it, which attention. is not how it happens in the wild. Yeah. So this is at least happening in the wild. Yeah. But I wonder if we're starting to... Every system is shaped by its incentives, <clears throat> and I wonder if these sort of blunt tool engagement numbers are changing the content we're making yeah. to basically mm. get us more of those thumbs up. You know, when as opposed... I was just thinking about this recently. I was trying to, I was trying to pick out a GIF, a reaction GIF. Mm-hmm. And you realize there's like... You want to say like happy, right? And you go like to Giphy and you look at how many happy gifts, and they're all subtly different. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's like infinite human emotion expressed, but Facebook can just give you a smiley face, right? You know, or a heart on Instagram, right? Yeah, I mean, I think even the difference between the thumbs up and then the four or five reactions, you know, that was a huge leap in sort of What this, was an acknowledgement yeah. of the lameness yeah, of their right. engagement? Yeah, because if someone dies, for example, if someone has a tragic event, were you supposed to thumbs up that? Right. You know what I right. mean? Like, you acknowledge it, you acknowledge it, but but that wasn't, it wasn't doing enough. So, sort of, they moved into those reactions. But I think every now. one of those reactions can be sliced into a thousand Absolutely. Right. subsets. Absolutely. Angry. How many, how many angers are there? Mm-hmm. It's only getting data from people that use those emojis i never use those emojis on posts i always i always would leave a comment if there's a reaction in me but i'm never like sad emoji is now is that because you sort of feel like it's inadequate yeah. demonstration of what you're right yeah. yeah or what do you do about the lurkers i mean of course the lurkers are also having these emotions they're just not displaying them like i very rarely will comment or like something or add a reaction to it but i will acknowledge it sort of in my feed and you know have an emotion but that's never expressed to the algorithm at all uh, that's interesting because I hadn't even thought about that is that there's a whole chunk of the world that doesn't even use these. So it's already mm-hmm. self-selecting a kind of person who uses mm-hmm. these yeah. emojis. Now I feel like an idiot that I sometimes use them. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what might be a V2 of this is you have, you have the iPhone X, right? Yeah. Is that not constantly reading your face? Yes. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. So maybe, the, maybe 
an iPhone it's like and, sentiment analysis. And, yeah, I mean, an app. That's not really Apple's game, but certainly um, Facebook would want to know that data for sure. So cameras on. Cameras on. I mean, it's already pointing at your face all the time. It's already. Are we no. going to be okay with that? Or not even necessarily camera, but do, are, isn't Facebook uh, doing some sort of brainwave thing now? Oh, oh right. God. Even deeper. <laughs> right, but I don't think we're all going to be putting on the, the Facebook brain scanner no. anytime soon. Actually, you know, they may actually start learning things about, like, how long it takes you to click mm. on yeah. something. Maybe in, indicate they got enough data to realize, aha, that means this yeah. or that. Yeah, and we don't. We're not even aware that it means anything. It's a subconscious thing mm. that they've learned through their yeah. data sets. It, it definitely feels like the emojis are just this temporary thing. It was like started with the with the like, and then they tried to do a few other things. But what they're really after is unconscious data that we that we don't have to press a button to provide. Yeah, yeah, because that's then it starts getting true mm. um, and creepy. And creepy. That's what we always end on. And creepy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks for... Don't oh. stop going, going south Cause they'll let you play music real damn loud So I think Alex is going to stick around, right? Sure. Let's do it. It's better than working. <laughs> All right, moving into this week in Organic. Who announced what and what did they announce? I am super excited about this, guys. So Facebook announced um, an evolution, not an evolution, but like it feels like they basically announced a VR world for their Oculus product. Um, And it's not it's not a video game. It's it's like the Oasis, if you've read those books or like a second life, essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, And they put out a, a marketing video that sort of markets it in strange ways. And it feels like and you know Zuckerberg was talking about it so there's a lot of emphasis on them going to this they'd love to ace it we we gave our thoughts about what the next sort of next big platform is going to be in a couple of a couple of episodes back and we said it was going to be VR but definitely not from Facebook yeah i have very little <laughs> thoughts on this besides it looks Super creepy again with the creepy. You were totally vibing earlier no, about this video. I wasn't you were like, "This is me. This is me. You'd love this." I didn't say that. I said I liked the script because I'm a sucker for like super kitschy writing. But that's that's all. That's all I said. I don't understand who this is for. The marketing video has a like a middle aged woman in it, but it looks very childish. The actual yeah. like software. It has multiple middle-aged women in it in the marketing video, and Alexia will link to that. And that might be for good reason, because a lot of Facebook's core audience is middle-aged women. But middle-aged women don't own Oculuses. <laughs> I know. I know. Is this just essentially going to be like a 3D version of the Me Wii universe, where you make your little avatar and you walk yeah. around? Yeah, that's what it looks like to me. Yeah, except Nintendo has a pedigree of making amazing games that particularly appeal to their audience. And Facebook does not have any pedigree related to making anything, anything gaming related to begin with, and nothing in-house that they make. They buy all of their successful yes. products. They are very good at buying things that work well. Instagram, well, WeChat. I assume what they think this is going to happen is the middle-aged woman, instead of getting in a, a chat conversation on some post, <laughs> is going to put on her headset, and all her mm. friends are going to put on their headsets, and they're going to be in this virtual world chatting there so it'll be a, it's a social experience more than a game experience yeah yes yes which which we've seen on things like minecraft where people do that do that anyway it's less of a game thing it's just more of a place to hang out 
But I can't get over the hardware part of this. I don't know who's buying one of these. Although I suppose it's comparable to any other like PlayStation or Xbox, it's like four hundred dollars. But for the for the audience, they look like they're targeting in the marketing video. I, I'm not seeing a connect there. Right, and the middle aged woman is already using Facebook to chat with their friends right. over Instagram or it's Facebook. It's a big Messenger. ask to someone. It's like, hey, ladies, let's all go <laughs> five hundred Oculus Rift. Let's fly some planes and. Uh, um, very, very confusing. So um, we think VR is going to be big. We don't think it's going to come from Facebook. This is a total cringeworthy product for sure. Um, and it, you know what? You know what? The I just don't think this this product has any legs. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man! It took me like ten minutes to write that. Um, but if if you'll get you'll get that joke once you see the video. So take a look at this video. Let us know if we're wrong about this at all. Um, but my spidey sense, this is going to be a, a total disaster. Oh, stop going, going south. Cause they'll let you play music real damn loud. Another announcement from the world of Reddit this time. Um, we got some new ad units, which is fantastic for people like us who love advertising on Reddit, although mm-hmm. it's a t- they don't make it easy. It's a tough place to advertise. Um, but we have some new ad units. Basically, they're, they're, um, you can do Square. You can do 4.5. They're sort of going mobile first on, on Reddit, which I thought was interesting because... To me, Reddit has never been a mobile experience. Like I, I know people use the app or they use all, all of the different third-party apps, but to me, Reddit is so desktop. But now that they're moving, you know, with 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 their ad units and in what they're doing with display over to mobile, it's just showing how these platforms can evolve. Yeah, and, and they've chosen these formats because that's what Facebook has, and they want advertisers to be like, "Oh, you made stuff for Facebook. You can now put that on Reddit too." <laughs> it um, is good luck with that. <laughs> Yeah. Um, What I thought was funny, if you go to this announcement page and if you scroll down a third of the way through the page where they show you what the different ad units look like, you know, what does full landscape look like versus square versus vertical, the screenshot that they've chosen is actually directly lifted from Facebook's ad specs page. (laughs) And I like you would only know that if you're always looking at those two things, which I am. And I was like, oh, my God, they directly stole this from them. So it, they're clearly just, you know, doing the Facebook thing. Yeah, but we love seeing any direction that Reddit takes in improving their their ad platform because it's remedial to begin exactly. with. Exactly. But uh, at least so, at least we know that someone there has a job and is putting stuff out. The one thing I'm a little confused about is is this new thing that they're calling um, landing page experiences, which is basically a Facebook instant experience, which very little people use, where you can watch the video, and if you really want to, you know, fully engage, you can tap into the video, and it will bring you to sort of a landing page. You won't leave Reddit, but it Mm -hmm. will be a different experience. Um, Facebook has these, and people use them for retargeting purposes. You can, if someone taps into it, you can retarget that person. But because Reddit doesn't have retargeting, I'm not sure what the purpose of this is, or if it's terribly interesting, or if it changes things at all. To me, it just seems like they're getting on the train to retargeting, but nothing has been has been you know set in stone yet. Yeah, we'll probably we'll experiment with it and then let you know if this is worth dealing with or not. But what I do love is um, four or five video in Reddit because most of Reddit video content is horizontal. That's just what people upload, and and all the ad. Well, I don't know. I'm not sure if that's true anymore because if you scroll on your phone, it's a lot of phone video. 
Okay, is it not horizontal? It's not put in a horizontal frame? No, okay. not necessarily. Well, if you're scrolling through Reddit, well, I think a lot of this has changed now that if everything is Reddit native, where you don't mm. have to upload to Imgur anymore. Right, oh, right, right, right. You know, so things right. have changed. But anytime there's a new video format, we encourage people to use it because it immediately looks different from what's been on there previously. Mm -hmm. And four or five, that aspect ratio, there's a lot of, it just takes up a lot of phone space. Yeah, you've got more real estate. They'll never give you full vertical. Mm-hmm, no. But um, four or five, even on Facebook, I think it looks really good. I think it looks good too. Wow, we're in agreement here. <laughs> I disagree. I <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, we got some feedback that we should be disagreeing more. Um, <laughs> but I, uh, I disagree with that, so <laughs> I, guess it, I guess it works out. Oh, stop going, going south. Cause I'll let you play music real damn loud. You like, the, you like them good old boys? Southern music? Me? Yeah. Southern music? You mean country? Country, this yeah. This doesn't sound like country. It sounds like a guy pouring his soul out. Well, that's what it is. That's what country is. Old country. Alec and I talked about this last time he was on. <laughs> the, uh, the soul-bearingness of country. I think it's be the last musical form out there that is sort of old-school songwriting. Yeah. And rap um, is not that. <laughs> it's 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 a different it's a different world like it's a it's the classic pop songs where you write a hook melody mm-hmm. and a hook chorus and you tell a story that's country music like that ain't pop music anymore Mm-mm. but what about underground hip-hop from the streets what's your take on that alec <laughs> i have to get back to you on that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay uh we're gonna explain that tweet again because we're great at that we tweet a lot um jess recently talked a little bit about the difference between being a community manager and having a community. Right. So the tweet, I'm, I'm not going to read the tweet, but okay. basically. We, you read it, my tweet. What the hell? <laughs> I know. All right. I'll read it. Jeez. <laughs> but then there won't be anything to talk about. <laughs> so the tweet said, most brands have a community manager. Very few brands actually have a community to manage. What they have is customer service and scattered mentions. But brands with an actual community, those are the ones dominating right now. So hire a community builder, not a manager. And I think community manager is like one of the most dominant positions that you'll see that people are hiring for in the social space. Yeah, it's tough because a community manager can mean a customer service person who Mm -hmm. just operates on social. Or it could mean someone who creates content, who constantly is talking to people, who's constantly finding new opportunities and engaging. So, and... People who hire those those positions might think of things differently and might not realize which one they have or what they might need. Yeah, but I think when they're when they're hiring for a community manager, they'll get people who are who are native to the platform, who know how to build a community. They're they're not hiring for customer service, but that's what they end up doing. Yeah, and they're not giving these people uh, the freedom to go out and actually build a community because they one they think they already have one and they don't, and also. Um, they're just trying to play it safe, but like when you when a brand has a community and these are like super fans that will create all sorts of content for you that will evangelize your brand all over the place that will you know take a lot of the marketing lift off you that, that is incredibly important. But brands don't have that; very few. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I love this distinction. I hadn't thought about this before, but I think it's absolutely true that. But I think the problem is, I think it's very hard to build a community around a product. Yeah, mm. um, I think you have to build a community around a 
an idea or a belief or a common purpose or something. And so I think, I think it starts even higher up the food chain than the right community managers. The marketing people have to have a strategy that understands like people aren't going to love my soap. You know what I mean? Right. Like, but if my soap is made from, you know, you know, palm oil free, it's connected to a bigger mission. Sure. That's the kind of thing that a, a, com- a real community is built around. Otherwise, it's just customer service. I got right. a question about your soap. Is it, I have a, this allergy. Mm-hmm. Is it like, that's a dead end. That's nothing. Right. Or you could build a community around raw personality because Steakums is a good example yeah. where it has no mission. Yeah. It's a- well, no, I'm, I'm kind of disagree. <laughs> yeah, but- I, well, it's a little shoehorned, but what Nathan is doing is he has sort of a mission. It's this interesting millennial depression-infused I don't know, self-care idea, which a lot of people can get behind. It's not about the product necessarily. And I don't know if Steakums really wants that to be their mission, but he's sort of made it that. I do think it's like a meta awareness of the silliness of what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah, Which I think people connect to. Mm -hmm. But I think if his day were spent writing clever things just about meat slices, I I don't know. I think you have to get to a higher level and you're not going to do that with... A clev- just someone who's like a good writer right. who can respond wittily to comments. Yeah. Uh, one person responded to this tweet and said, um, <clears throat> I've heard brand described as what happens when multiple people have a similar thought about a company, brand being the embodiment of a public opinion about a business. Um, and I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, brand awareness is sort of, it's like you, you all sort of have a unified thought about what that but, thing is. I think that's really smart because too many of too many clients think their brand is like their logo mm. or yeah. the things they say. It's not what you say; it's what's happening in people's brains. That's yeah. Yeah. you don't actually control your brand. Other yeah. people do. Right. That's what I was gonna say. It's not what you, as the the uh, CMO, think your brand is. It's what other people do, which could be completely different. Yeah. A lot of times, it, it often is. is. Yeah. yeah. So, so what what's some examples of brands that have actual communities? Well, I actually first went to Glossier to to like evaluate their sort of community vibe because I love their Instagram and I love sort of the fun uh, content they're doing. But mm-hmm. when I went into the comments and I and I looked and saw if there was a community there, I'm not quite sure if that's what their um, the people who are hired by Glossier are doing. I'm not seeing a lot of responding back and forth. I'm not seeing a lot of discussion in the hashtag. And so I was a little bit disappointed to see that. And I think that's a good example of something that's where they're sort of doing community management and they're doing content creation, right. but there's not a community essence and, there. And that that could be recent and it could have changed. Um, LaCroix is a good example of a brand that was built around UGC and fostering a certain thing. And then they just cut the legs out of mm. all their social channels, stop responding to people. And uh, I think that's reflected in the market share. But, uh, I'm not sure that, that that's why, what's going on with Any Glossier. idea why they did that? They had a gold mine going there. Why do clients stop doing something that that works? I don't know. It seems <laughs> we just to had an, that discussion recently. <laughs> that seems to be a, a common issue. I, I think they... Oh, my God, we're making too much money. I'm going to move up in tax bracket. I don't want that. I mean, it, it could be like maybe they thought they could uh, take that in-house. Or maybe it's like they reached a point where it's worked. I mean, sometimes you just need to put keep putting gas and stuff. And uh, it's like... Some people, I think clients feel like they've, you know, we're, we're at 88 miles an hour now. Now we can coast and you can't. I also do think sometimes they think it looks easy mm. because it, you know, look, it didn't, yeah. LaCroix is not, it doesn't seem like, like Einstein was running it, but 
it worked. Yeah. And they're like, oh, we can do this. It's like it's there's a magic touch to it. <laughs> yeah, there is a magic touch. Absolutely. Right. And it's not easy because so few brands can do it. Do you have any, any other examples? Well, Alexia brought up the huge conglomeration of, of Trader Joe's people on <laughs> Instagram, which I thought was so so interesting to think about. These are people where it, it's not necessarily it, that there's a community manager doing this, but people are evangelizing themselves. They have their own pages completely dedicated to, to Trader Joe's. I'm looking mm. at one right now that's called Trader Joe's Obsessed. She has 628 posts and 142,000 followers. Oh just Trader Joe's content. Yeah. This is exactly what you want is someone doing the job for you. She has great engagement, so many comments for who she has, and people genuinely discussing with her. Yeah, there's some brands like Steakum where the community is like 100% online, but there are other brands where there there exists a real life in person community of, of super fans. Mm-hmm. So, giving them a platform or supporting their efforts to do that online is a great way to, to translate that from offline into in- online. Oh, stop going, going south Cause I'll let you play music real damn loud Alexia, keep in time like a Swiss watch here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do a behind the scenes. Just had the good idea to uh, tell you how it's done. How yeah. the sausage is made over here. So when, when we talk to people about our podcast, people are generally surprised that we are able to get it done and out the door so quickly. And it doesn't take up most of our days. How long do you think it takes us to do the podcast every week? It's funny because I remember when you guys first brought this up, I thought you were insane. <laughs> you know, no, seriously, because I thought it was going to be three days of prep to, to do a podcast. Um, but I've seen some behind the scenes and it's like... It's, you because you record in real time. Yes, right. That's a huge difference because you're. I can see the temptation once you start doing takes. Oh, let's do that again. Let's do that again. Yeah. Let's do that again. But I also love how that how the podcast feels spontaneous because it is spontaneous. It is. Yeah. It's live in one take, y'all. Yeah, live in one take. But no, you're right because we do know other colleagues who do podcasts that will even edit out stop words. Right. That is insane. To in me. and it takes six hours to edit a podcast because it's. You're taking out all the... Um, but I think this is also touches on something that I think we have learned as as Nail Social has sort of become a bigger part of the company is authenticity in this is so... Unfa- we see that all the time on social. Like when mm-hmm. you do slick stuff, yeah. it just dies. No one cares. They can yeah. just... They're put off by it. And I think there's a similar thing here that like a, the slick podcast, nobody wants it. Right. Yeah. I feel like with audio particularly, I think that's an important distinction. We're not a radio show. Right. You know? And and personality matters. You know, like, Slick is not a personality I want to listen to. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so let's, go, let's go through um, how this podcast is done and created. So to give you a sense of what we do and also a sense of, like, what you could possibly do to make it easier. Um, so I, I guess throughout the week... We, we have a Slack channel where we're just dumping in ideas, articles, just to prep us for the prep session. Mm-hmm. A lot of this is Jess's um, bus thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> right, but, but also like uh, we, have a ch- we have a Slack channel called Social Talk and we're getting other people's opinions on stuff we're getting in there and those are helpful to inform. I think that's one of the most valuable parts of, of like planning the podcast is getting other people's takes and a lot of times Alec will post or Brian will post or we have a, go- a take 
an article that has a takeaway from it that someone else has put in our brain instead of me just having to come up with these things constantly. So mm -hmm. definitely crowdsourcing information from other people. Right. And then on, th and on Wednesday, we have a one-hour podcast prep, which is um, Rachel, Alexia, and I. We have a Google document that has an outline. And we just sort of like, what do we want to talk about in organic? What are we going to talk about in paid? What are some of these things that are in the, in the channel that we can bring in and turn to actual segments? Mm -hmm those type of stuff. And people have asked us if it's sort of scripted. Not really. What we have are basically four or five segments each week that we, we have segments outlined. And then within each of those segments, maybe we have three to five bullet points that we want to discuss. Sometimes there will be no bullet points. Yeah, Maybe we <laughs> should post a link to the the podcast document. That's interesting. Ooh, let, people, let people put things on there? Trans uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> a a read-only yeah. link to the podcast document um, for transparency's sake. Um, sure. It might be interesting. And One thing I don't understand is why are we doing this in a hot tub? I know. I know. We also use that time to choose a TikTok song or a theme song, mm -hmm. which is always fun. And, um, so, and so the following day, Thursday is recording day. Wait, so Rachel, have you have heard the TikTok song before? No, not always. Sometimes, okay. though. Okay. It depends. You Sometimes, usually in the beginning, I hadn't heard them at all. It was okay. very surprising. Because I always loved your, like, I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> usually, usually it's a surprise. Or, I mean, Alexia and Jess usually choose them. I chose one for this week, but it got vetoed. So, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but on Thursdays we record. <laughs> on Thursdays we record, and, and we book an hour to do that. And our recording setup is we have um, two headphones that have sort of boom mics attached to them. We don't have uh, standing mics, and I think the reason we do that is because we are a little animated, and I sort of hate being tethered to um, a, a boom or just a normal mic. I mean, you look pretty tethered right now. Especially I know. Do my you head. guys are doing the TikTok dances? Like that's, that's true. We have to dance along yeah. to them, right? Right. Um, but the cost of this particular equipment, I think the mic and headphones were like 150 bucks um, each mm -hmm. altogether. So 300 dollars for that type of equipment. And we're only recording on GarageBand. Yeah, both of these are running into a laptop that is recording on GarageBand. And the reason we use GarageBand is because um, we tried. Uh, Adobe Edition, we tried Audacity, but the latency on GarageBand is non-existent, whereas the latency on the other ones, I mean, we have more expensive software, but for some reason, the, <laughs> the latency is just ridiculous and unusable. So these are just going into GarageBand. Mm -hmm. And then from there, Alexia edits the, edits together, you know, sort of the, the intro music and the, and the song and the outro music. And then if she needs to take out anything egregious, she will. And, and those, are, those, are, those aren't inserted afterwards. Those are playing live. Like when you're hearing the transition music, we're also hearing the transition music. So if it sounds like we stopped abruptly because Alexia hit it quickly, <laughs> then that's exactly what's, what's happening. No, more I mean she just adjusts levels if I sound crazy, that sort of thing. Right. Um, <laughs> and then, Alexia, how long would you say it takes to like export, like once we're done recording, to export and, and put it on the, the files? An hour. An hour? Yeah. So Alexia will, will edit it for an hour and then throw it on to, what are we using? Omni. Om Omni Studio. Mm -hmm. um, on, it's O-N-M-Y Studio. O-M-N-Y. Omni. O-M-N-Y Studio. That is our podcast host. 
all you need to do is you throw the file on there and then that pings all of the other places where we've said to ping like iTunes, Spotify. I think Omni has a free version, but we're paying the $30 a month version. Um, you could also use Anchor, which is free. Mm-hmm. And then from there, after you upload, which we do on Thursday, it probably takes like an hour or two hours to hit all the sources mm-hmm. and then you can listen to it and then you can listen and then alexi will post onto twitter she posts a thread that talks a little bit about everything that has our show notes in it which we think is important because it will help um give people in a sense of what's gonna go what's gonna happen on the on the show and then she will also add it to our website where it's its own blog post mm-hmm. per episode so about two to three hours per week to do the podcast and you know uh half hour of that is the actual recording so not bad right <laughs> i love the podcast <laughs> time well spent but i i think ease of use is the most important thing if you want to keep doing something because mm-hmm. it can be it would if, if it took six hours it would be a total slog and every week be like oh god here we go but because yeah. we have our system down and we can get to do it quickly um, it feels like a joy to produce. Hopefully, it feels like a joy to listen to. That's why I'm amazed you guys have made it to episode XP9LQ <laughs> or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and many, many more. Oh, my God, Alexia. Don't stop going, going sound. Because they'll let you play music real damn loud. So this is my favorite segment, and I actually might have Alec do this. Alec, do you want to... What are you doing? Alec, do you want to plug our ears? Oh, plug... Yes, okay. (laughs) Definitely. You've got to follow Nail.Social on Twitter. You really should. It's excellent insights every time. I, I, I've, there's something of value I get from that. You know, it feels a lot better coming from not me. So, <laughs> also, I would remind people to rate the podcast. That actually helps us so much. Um, and tell a friend. Yeah, and if you want to like reach out to us, coffee at nail social is our email address. We can get coffee. Yeah, and if you want to just stop by, um, that's so- weird. <laughs> don't do that. All right, don't stop by. We are introverts. All right, guys, we will, we will see you in the after show. See ya. As Alex slinks out of here. I was going to say he was slinking. Why did you talk about me? He definitely looks like a slinker. Okay. Um... So, what's going on in your life and in the world? <laughs> in my life? Um, well, I did want to talk about the I Love America Facebook page that's, like, from the Ukraine. <laughs> right. So, um, what happened this week is there's a lot of uh, news articles about this Facebook page called I Love America. And the content there is what you'd expect. It's very <laughs> um, sort of Trump, make America great again like patriotic. Yep. Um, everything that you'd expect from a page called Isle of uh, America. The only problem with this page is that it was run by people out of the Ukraine and one guy in the Kazakhstan. Mm-hmm. And how do we know that? Because now Facebook, um, they've sort of buckled down on their transparency, especially for political things. So page transparency is a big thing where you can see who owns any page and what where the administrators live and if they run political content Mm -hmm. they have to have an administrator who lives in the united states 
I am not necessarily sure if this page was running ads, but um, they were posting organic content. And, and you can see this on every Facebook page. Mm -hmm. So if you, if you come across a news article that's from like America's the best ever, go to that page on Facebook. On the right-hand side, scroll down. There's something called page transparency. Click on that. Click a few more buttons. It's a little hard to get to. And you'll see where, what countries the administrators are from. What's interesting to me about this page, um, from a tweet, it says that this page had greater reach than the New York Times and the Washington Post combined. That is how many followers and how many, you know, how much sharing was going on. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I believe that. No, we don't believe that. Because number of followers is not reach. Number, but I don't think they're talking about number. Well, who cares what they're talking about? Number of followers, it doesn't necessarily mean anything. I'm talking about the sharing going on. Yeah, maybe. That is, to me, more frustrating and scary. Yeah, so this stuff is definitely going on. When, when I was sort of investigating this page the other day, uh, I was going through it, and all of a sudden, the, like, the comments were gone, and some of the content started to disappear, and then I refreshed the page, and it was taken down. Taken down in real time, which is scary that it was able to stay up for so long. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, no one's checking trades pan page transparency i mean especially I it's just researchers and like us right um but what what's kind of scares me is that um this this was a page that was caught and taken down and i feel like other pages that are doing the same thing their next steps are like how can we fake a u.s-based administrator mm -hmm. because we're going to get taken down too mm -hmm. um so there's going to be a lot of scrutiny there I and mean, it's going to be harder a lot to catch of times these aren't even political sort of pages one of them is called cute or not <laughs> that's one of the pages and it, it just happens to cross they all cross post from each other and mm. that's how the network becomes so big so i love america oh, okay. will cross post to cute or not and then you have just this constant sharing going on that's like like if you think trump is the best yeah. or whatever that so sort of thing cute or not is from like the ukraine too unsure if it's from the ukraine oh yep yeah, wait cute or not established in 2017 eight page managers in the ukraine <laughs> Also, one in the United States. Typically, it posts images of cute dogs. But recently, it's cross-posting. Yeah, so the Ukrainians are on their game. If you're looking to hire a community builder and not a community manager, <laughs> look in the Ukraine. They know what they're doing. They're very successful at this. Oh, gosh. Um, I'm trying to see who wrote this article. It was, it's very helpful. I think his name is Judd Legume. Sounds fake. <laughs> That's not nice. Um, any other after-show content? Um, this is sad. Yeah, I don't know. This could be a whole segment. But the show's over. Yeah. What are you guys still doing here? <laughs> All right, well, I guess that's it. But I wanted to mention that next week we're going to talk about Twitch. So if you guys are interested in Twitch, please give us a listen. Yeah, we've got a very special guest, a very special twitch streamer going to talk about twitchcon and all things related twitch stick around for that thank you for sticking around to the after show see all ya right, bye <laughs>